If you had wings, had wings, had wings, you do have wings. With Eastern. Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin. How are you? Hi, Dan. How are you? Um, you know, it's pretty good. It's nice, nice weather here, so I'm fine. Nice, nice. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound really good. So good. I sound, oh, thank you, Dan. I need to quit lots of things. How quit, are you? You mean applications or habits? Mm, mm, this isn't live, right? No, we're live, sure. Excellent, okay. Did you read the uh, or watch the uh, <clears throat> finale of True oh, brother. Detective? Yes, I did. <sighs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, no, we're not going to spoil it for anyone, but or are we? <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, for a while there, I thought it was like it was like a a regular, you know, Hollywood style buddy story, mm-hmm. but uh, took some turns. Yeah, it ended up being a Hollywood buddy story. <laughs> um, Turner uh, and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> Turner and Hooch. 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 Was that the one with Tom Hanks and uh, Meg Ryan? Yeah, the lovable dog. Mm-hmm. The dog it's, runs up at the end. It's him. Yeah, it's had a lot of uh, cosmetic surgery. <laughs> are, are we live on the show? This show is live on, on the air. The showbot's not showing up. Hattie, did you send to tweet for us? She said she did. So Tell that lady to turn it on. I will. Uh, no, I it's qu- there. Okay. No, gotta, it's not. Got to quit some things. <laughs> I don't I know think why. I get a different internet from you. The show bot is different. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. Dan, can I, can I stipulate one thing? 7.1. 7. Oh, no. you know, oh boy. It's out. Do you want me to? Re- okay. I, was, I had a uh, dinner with Jim at a sushi restaurant. Dinner with Jim. Okay. Here's what I got so far. I'm just throwing stuff out there. You grab whatever you want. Run with it. Okay. Yeah. That's just, you'll have to run with that. It's your show. Um, okay. Here's my bullets so far. Uh, and feel free to just cover any of these. I'm not really in a condition today. Um, this is my FFU. Um, so much snot. I have so much snot, Dan. Uh, Dan's Rocket Raccoon by Umberto Ramos. Oh, so good. Big follow-up on the anecdote about the guy who's booked three months out. Uh, my new allergy medicine that I'm trying. Um, your customer service story. Right. The finale of True Detective, iOS 7.1. Dinner with... With Jim, Jim Dalrymple. Dal Zed. I told my wife about ZZ Top, and she agrees it's kind of stupid. Not not that, not that Jim is stupid, not the candidate is stupid, far from it. But that's really weird. The band, yeah. No, oh, ooh, ooh. No, I like Whoa, ooh, I like the band. I'm sorry. You're going to get yourself a, a fresh uh, overnight delivery of John Roderick if you start going after ZZ Top. No, I do like a number of their songs, and in their day. Yes, yes. John wrote a really lucid, I'll see if I can find it. John wrote a really lucid... Uh, thing about uh, Eliminator. Syracuse? Yes. And how how uh, kind of, I think, formative that record was for him. It's a very interesting, weird record because it's got the sequencers are kind of more the most important instru- instrument on the album. It's really weird. I'll have to look into that. Think about it. It's the digga 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 that kind of makes Eliminator Eliminator. God, it's early, Dan. Did I mention I have bullet point number one? I have so much snot. Um, I will take these in any order you want. I got Jim Dalrymple. Anything else? iOS 7.1. Um, you know, I, this could be, as far as I'm concerned, this show could all be FFU. I, although I Let's do, do have it. I mean, we need that. We need that once in no, a while to I, sort of I, clear I, the I, pipes. I, 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 won't, mm, hmm. I should probably pause for that. I yeah. have um, 
the thing about the three month booking guy is close to a topic, although it is very much a topic we've talked about a lot, but I still want to talk about it because I can't stop thinking about it and realizing how I could be getting it wrong. So I want to come back to that. Can we circle back to that? Yeah, that's. How are you doing, Dan? I feel, I feel all right. I feel better. Uh, were, were you, wait, were you, you weren't ill last time. I've been, I'm the one who's been ill for three weeks. You've been ill, but you know, there's always, there's always something going on. They got some kind of <laughs> poisoning again. It's terrible. Anyways, you know, it doesn't matter. Dan, I feel menaced. I feel frankly menaced. <laughs> you feel menaced. I feel menaced. And Bye. I'll tell you why. <laughs> well, see, I don't want to say anything about the San Francisco Unified School District. They do great work. Oh, but God. one big difference from well, my got, Your kid has gotten every illness and lice. What? No. No, she didn't she's get a, lice? She's a precious angel. She can't get lice. <laughs> no. Angels are immune. Angels. Ah. We need that. That's a soundbite you'd probably let me use. Did you guys have angels in your book? Is that just in our book? That's just your book. We don't do that. You have angels, but they're different angels. You only get them on Friday nights, right? Uh, Friday night Friday lights, lights is what we call it. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the thing. Everything <laughs> but the Old Testament talk. Pound sign. I'm okay. still working on the difference between, <clears throat> and I would like for any of our rabbinical uh, students to write in or chime in in the chat room. And this is something I feel a little embarrassed for not knowing. You've got the Talmud, which I get is a separate thing. And then you've got the Torah, but then you've got the the Old Testament. And my understanding was that the Torah is actually like the, the that's part of the, or that the, the Old Testament is inclusive of the Torah. Someone I, please write in and let us know. I thought, I'm not a mathematician, Dan, but I think the set of Old Testament as we uh, in the unchosen call it is very, I thought that was the Torah, except it's in a different medium. Right. It's a definitely a different medium and you, you don't, Kindle you don't need stylus. to use the Yod to touch um, the old Testament. As it's, called a Methu- it's called a Methuselah. Methu- Meth- it's pronounced Mezuzah. 969. Mrs. Bueller. <laughs> you know, Methuselah lived to be 969. Okay. Wonder Yak in uh, yeah. Wonder Yachel in the in the chat room is saying the test the Old Testament is pretty much the Torah. I think there's additional supplementary information like a glossary or something that they added. Okay, an an appendix. 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 Yeah. Okay. We're away on the same uh, plane today. This is great. The circle. Yeah, I almost (laughs) flat circle. Yes, it's uh, the D dimension. I almost (laughs) forgot to launch Skype, so that's the kind of where my brain is happening right now. Yes, yes, and I think that the. uh, what was the first one? You got the, 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 I, I've, I've heard the first five books, the Moses books referred to as the Pentateuch with the Penta meaning five, like a five sided die. Very rare. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, <laughs> it's got multiple sides to it. Right. It's like poly, an onion. Uh, it's poly, poly, polyhedral. Yes. All dyes are polyhedral. So <laughs> you, we got an email about that. <laughs> You know, I love the fact that you take a photo of something that says polyhedral dice and, and you're the one who gets blamed. You're the one who gets blamed for not understanding that dice are largely polyhedral. Yeah. Like, like you, your camera got it wrong. I know. Uh, did you watch Zero Charisma yet? No, not yet, but it's on my list. Okay. You can get it. It's on the thing. Can um, I read, can I read a little bit of email that we got? I would love that, Dan. I'll, I'll, I'll mute and blow my nose while right. I'm listening. All right. Uh, this person did not say if I could say their name, uh, so I, wa- I won't 
but I'll read the email. Uh, Dear Dan and Merlin, I listened to the Back to Work podcast from the beginning, and now it becomes a podcast for unhappy people with a lot of problems. The Not the Monk I Used to Be episode was very strange for me. I don't care if there are any lights in my bedroom. I simply go to sleep, and next morning I am ready to do my best, give presentation, develop software, write poetry, or play music. No LED can disturb my mood. By the way, I would feel very weak if such a small light could control my behavior. Best regards. Back to work list. You cannot be named. Yeah. Well, I mean, what can we say except that's really good? Yeah, right. I mean, he he or she is doing better than I am. Dan, we're going to, we're going to shut this thing down. Let's shutter the whole thing. We've finally been revealed. Yeah. No, it's really good. That, that, that is, if that's, um, if everything's working out, there's not even a but here. Like if that's working out, then that's a really good thing. Um, JXPX777 says the Torah is a subset of the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament. Talmud is further commentary on Hebrew Bible, mostly Torah. And then uh, John Ra, who sounds Egyptian, by the way, uh, John Ra. The Old Testament is three books. The Torah is the first of them. So, I think the Talmud is like the DM guide. <laughs> right, that's the, right. That's the DM guide. The, the, the Torah is the player's handbook. That's right. You're not allowed to get treatment from a doctor. <laughs> And that's where they tell you about Zenu. And the the New Testament, of course, deities and demigods. Muzzletoff. Yes. Did you know what? That's well, well. Hmm. Boy, <laughs> what are you gonna what are you gonna say? Unearthed Arcana? I I think if I gave it if I gave it a few minutes thought, I could offend almost everybody with one remark. I'm gonna think about it. Um Boy, deities and demigods, I would love to get a cup. We I, we should check in. I'm going to add this to the FFU. We don't have time for this today because we have a lot of topics. Uh, but I want to find out progress of uh, Jeff D's deities and demigods project. You mean Mike Jeff, D? Mike D. That's right. That's right. Um, I got more hits than Sarahara O. <laughs> hey, ladies. Um. I could also I could also do some rapping by the Wu Tang Clan if you like. I was listening to that this morning. All right, let's hear it. Abomatomically, philosophies and I I I no. You know what, Dan? I'm really I'm really stuffed up. It's bad. Okay, let's get seriously. Time to get focused. Would you like to do a show today, or do you want to start? Yeah, let's start the show. You know what, Merlin? I'd like for you to focus and let's try and do a show today. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, hit me. Okay, hang on. Tell me. Count it in. <clears throat> Three, two. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Hey, man, what's up? How, how's it up there in San Francisco? Oh, it's pretty great. <laughs> you have children, and so do I. Comics. <laughs> um, you know, the thing is, boy, I wrote a lot of things down here already. Jeff D., um, I, 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 uh, if you um, would go through the classic what i consider classic like the AD&D era of the TSR books like there was a certain look i and i can't remember all the names of people i think one of the artists was named Errol Morris i forget his name uh there was but there was a, <laughs> there were certain artists and you get really familiar with their look and you go oh yeah i can tell who drew that i think the most distinctive and the most different in a lot of ways was Jeff D so if you go search for Jeff and then D as in D E E you'll instantly we've gone over this like 2 years ago but he's the guy who did which modules did he do? He contributed to some modules. I think he's probably best known for doing the uh, Melnabone and Norse deities. So if you remember Elric of Melnabone, how cool Elric of Melnabone looked in the deities and demigods. What he had was a very clean 
swooshy swooshy style and there's and and when i googled this i found the image uh there's one of a paladin standing over some kind of i'm gonna it's like a dragon so uh but (laughs) (laughs) uh but he's got a such a great sword he draws a great sword he draws a great boot he does his boots and his swords are outstanding bugbear Bugbear, high hard Umber, boots. Umber Hulk. You were approached by a comely lass. <laughs> Hello, weary traveler. Would you like to have a, a bugbear in my gelatinous cube? <laughs> I would like nothing more than to just play an entire six-month <laughs> campaign of D&D with you. <laughs> with me as different versions of characters from our program. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hi. Do you have an interest in the law? you consider yourself good? You have high strength and wisdom, but never wanted to be a cleric? Hi. You may already be a paladin. <laughs> yeah, Hi. Odin, the Allfather. His drawing of Odin still stays with me. If memory serves, um, Jeff uh, D., was, uh, who still does stuff, and he'll, he'll do commissions. And, you know, I told you before, like, I, I, I we came very close to approaching him to do a commission for You Look Nice today. Uh, I never wow. did it. He would not know who we are. But I was like, man, for 700 bucks, we could have a drawing of You Look Nice today in the style of Jeff D., which, you know, I got a special place for that show. So to me, that's walking around money. Um, but uh, uh, what he's doing, I think he was doing a crowdsourcing thing to essentially be able to release. Yes, you told me about this. Yeah, to re... Because, you know, all that stuff, it's like, you know, it's like comics. I think it's all work, it was all work for hire. So all that stuff, even though it's, you know, centuries old mythos in some cases, um, the actual, you know... Um, IP on all those drawings belongs to whoever belongs, whoever owns TSR. I think it's like a 14 year old boy named Billy right now owns TSR. (laughs) (laughs) If you would like to purchase a copy of Expedition to the Barrier Peaks, I'd be happy to generate a PDF and send it to you by secure means. (laughs) That's no rabbit. Wow. Not a plant. It's a rabbit plant. Carnivorous. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, he's got a great style of drawing that I enjoy a lot. Humberto uh, uh, Ramos. Um, yeah, that is that is a special rocket raccoon. We, can you mention it? Can we just talk about it briefly? Because I'd like to hear the anecdote. I'd like to learn a little bit. Now, is that con- considered a commission? Do you go and you cross his palm and he makes you a rocket? Well, I didn't get that. That's not mine. Oh, who's this? Oh, my gosh. I got, oh, you thought it was mine? No, that's, that was just something I found on uh, the internet. Oh. That somebody else point, got that. I, I'm, but I guarantee you the next time I'm at a Comic-Con and he's there, that's what I'm getting him to draw. But like, you got, didn't Umberto Ramos draw He did you? our Black Cat, yeah. He did Black Cat, yeah. yeah. I think that's such a neat thing. Um, our friend Moises, uh, and uh, I've never met Dave Marquez, but I, I, I love his work and I follow him on Twitter and stuff. He saw Dave Marquez at a signing in Austin and got, I showed you this, he saw this, got yep. Dave to draw me a beautiful uh, silhouette of Jean Grey, mm-hmm. like Marvel Girl Jean Grey. Really cool. I don't know. I, I've thought about doing that. I thought about getting a commission. I thought about getting a Scotty Young commission. Wouldn't that be great? I would and love to just meet him. And- how do you do that? Now, do you contact them and you say, do you just email them and say, hey, look, I, you know, and there's, I noticed like there's different prices, like you can get like just a face or a torso or whatever. Okay. So that, may, may I? Yeah, no, I'd love to know how this works. Cause it seems really, I, I wouldn't, you know, it's one of those things where like, it's not, 
it seems weird to talk about. Like, I don't know how you ask somebody for stuff like that. Okay. So there, there are generally two ways to do it. The first way that you're talking about is at a, at a comic con type event. And usually the way that this works is early, as early as possible on the first day of the event, you go and find the artist or artists that you're the most interested in. And you get, you get to their table as quickly as possible. And there's a very often a line if they're popular and you wait in the line and the line is for commissions and you go up and you say, yes, I would like a commission. And they say, okay, uh, they're, and they're usually, they're usually a, at least two or three, four different versions of commissions that you can get. The first is I want a bust of the character that I'm going to request. The second is a full, you know, the full drawing where you get their whole body in some kind of, you know, action pose or something like that. And sometimes they'll do just the head, but usually it's, it's the bust or the full. And then you can decide if you not always, but frequently, especially with Ramos, they will ink it for you as well. So these are the, the two or three, four different variations of the, commission that you can request and they all cost something different and there's usually a limited number that the artist will do so hence the reason to get there early it. um and i've seen i've seen some people say hey on tumblr like comic artists on tumblr will say hey i'm going to be at you know uh the pensacola comic-con if you want to if you commission requests are due by this date kind of thing exactly and that's okay. a, that's the second scenario where these people are so popular and so in demand that you actually need to request ahead of time before they're even at the conference uh, that that you want a commission and what's it what it is of, and I've had it like when I got Ramos, he did an amazing uh, black hat for us, and when I got there, I was not there early enough to request uh, the full the full body action pose. He only had time to do the bust, but he did ink it, so that was pretty cool. That's that is so awesome. Yeah. Um. And it's, it's, you know, it starts, it seems like it starts in the, like, it could be even in the two digits, but like, you should probably expect to spend like what, like a hundred bucks probably. I mean, if you walk in there with a hundred bucks, you can probably get, uh, you probably get what you need. I mean, it, it's not cheap. It's not cheap. And, and the, the nicer, like the full body with ink that could cost you a couple hundred bucks, but it also depends on the demand and the popularity of the artist. Um, if it's somebody who's maybe new and they're not, big yet like ramos is a big deal obviously i would imagine scotty young be pretty big uh and and just getting anything done by that but yeah it's gonna cost you it's gonna cost you money it's you know it is it, i guess you know to anybody who's not a giant nerd that would be a huge amount of money but yeah i feel like a huge amount of money but like to have you know i don't know i like i said i mean i have some comics that people have signed you know to me or my daughter with a personal message on them and you know I haven't paid for those, but you know, it, it's special. It's really special. No, It'd be it pretty neat. I mean, imagine if you could have like a, like a Jack Kirby drawing, like how cool would that be? Right. But here's what people need to know is that, is that uh, Ramos isn't involved with guardians of the galaxy in any way, right. but so well, but that, you can still say, I want you to draw a rocket raccoon and he'll draw that. You can say, draw, draw the Hulk, draw Godzilla, draw whatever, like he'll draw it. It doesn't I have know. to be Spidey. Exactly. That's that. That's what. That's what I saw. Thought was so appealing about that to see along the lines of the Stan Sakai benefit we talked about last week. Yeah. I, I think it's really neat to see how different people draw characters that you've never seen them do a title for. Right. You know what I mean? Or or that you've just never seen them draw before. It's. It's. Did you? Uh, I. I where did I put this? I might have put it on the Kung Fu Grape. Did you see the Scotty Young variant on Magneto Number One? No, I have not. It's like a little. It's on the Kung Fu Grape. It's a. I'll put it in the notes. But it's a. It's Magneto sitting there eating this bowl of X-Men cereal and all of the cutlery in the house 
is like flying toward his head and making a helmet, a magneto helmet. And he has this look like, mm, oh, cool. So. It's really great. That's awesome. I sent you a link to uh, some Rob Liefeld drawings that we could talk about if you want. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to do a Kickstarter just to just to make Rob Liefeld draw everybody's feet, just to see what they would look like. <laughs> you cool. know, some people have trouble with hands, and you're like, that doesn't look like a hand. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Liefeld. It looks it looks like he's drawing like I don't know. Like sometimes it looks like he. he <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say anything because people love him. Or maybe have him draw pouches. You can have him draw pouches for everybody. Like a kangaroo pouch? Yeah, like a, like a cyclops pouch. Like an unnecessary pouch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look at any? Look at some of these. They're oh, tremendous. You sent them in the robot or what? I sent them in the, in the, in the, uh, in the robot, yeah. All right, let me look at that. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there's some goodies in here. Boy, look at that Deadpool. Wow, he's foreshortened in ways that seem kind of cubist. All oh, these are interesting. Yeah. The title is the the forty worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're weird. Let's scroll down to Domino in the bathtub. Hold on, it's a little about uh, two thirds of the way down. You'll see because she has something. Have you ever eaten frogs, like Dan? <laughs> this is strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's disturbing. It's weird. Yeah. And I, I've never been in a bathtub that large. I've never been in a bathtub of that shape. The cable's there. He's got he's got his metal cable arm. He's got a frog leg. <laughs> and it's in there. She looks like she has stretch marks on the top of, of her breasts, and then she's got uh, what appear to be two frog's thighs. Oh, go to number thirty-one. Mm. <laughs> Let's see here. <laughs> is that Bishop? Who is that? I don't know what that is. Old Nick Fury, maybe. Yeah, no? yeah. No, it can't be. It's a. Huh. <laughs> wow. Wait, look, look at the look at the pouch on that guy. Yeah, he's got like uh, he's got an asterisk for a crotch. <laughs> I don't think Rob Liefeld's met people. No, this is. I know Greg Lands never met a woman, and now I'm trying to think. Rob Liefeld has just had people explain to him via fax, probably. <laughs> Dan, did you want to tell me about something that you like? I would love to do that. Let me tell you about our friends over at Squarespace. This is the only one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. Here's, here's the, uh, the DL. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com. And there is a secret offer code. Your show. Spelled out. Your show. Y-O-U-R-S-H-O-W. And you're going to get 10% off everything that you do over there. They are always updating their platform. I've been messing around a lot with their logo maker, which I told you about. Every good site needs a logo, right? Well, they have, they have come up with a logo building tool. You can, you can completely customize your own logo. And it's not, it's not a generic thing. You can completely tweak the heck out of it. It's just like all their stuff. You can do it very easily. You don't need a design background. But what they, they're not saying, we're going to make a logo and you're going to use this logo for 20 years. It's going to be the brand that you use forever. I mean, I guess it could. But the cool thing about this is like you don't want to launch a site without a little bit more personalization. So what's something you want to personalize? What's something you want to customize? Your logo. So that's built in if you're a Squarespace customer. If you're not, you can still make one. And then if you like it, you can buy it just as a one-off. It's really, really cool. Uh, but you know, the the thing that people need to know, the main here's some talking points. Let's talk to the to the to the to the sponsor. Uh you can basically talk. Well, can I just, Oh, can I take just a couple minutes to talk to the read? 
You connect your Twitter, you connect Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google, pretty much all the services you want to use, you integrate all of them. They have really, really amazing galleries. You can sell stuff with their commerce thing, which used to be something you had to pay extra for. Now it's built in. It's just so easy to use this. But if you do need help, they've got over 70 employees on their customer care team. They're based in New York. And you can chat with these folks live during the week. They got super fast email all day, all night. And uh, and listen, I think there's a little bit time. Uh, yeah, there is a little bit of time left. Uh, four days from the, the date that we're recording this. They want to hire 30 engineers and designers by March 15th. Okay, and they're inviting potential candidates and their spouses to go hang out in New York for a weekend completely on them. Okay, so if you want to hang out with uh, all the, the Squarespace folks, see their fancy office where they bring in lunches every day, be a part of it. Squarespace.com. But anyway, this thing starts at eight bucks a month if you want to if you want to use them uh, to to build your site. They handle everything, hosting, uploading, everything. You can run a podcast off of there. If you're a musician, they got these special uh, things for musicians where you upload your songs. And they've got a player built in. I mean, it's all there. They've got it all figured out. Squarespace.com, ten percent off. If you use the code, your show, and uh, go visit them, squarespace.com. Thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and back to work with Dan Benjamin. And Merlin Man. Hmm? Got a new allergy medicine. What is that? It involves putting it into my nose and squirting twice. Is it uh, Flonase or Nasacort? I think it's Nasacort. Nasacort AQ did wonders for me back in the day. AQ as quoted. Aqueous? I don't know, but the the, the regular nasal court was too drying. I think I think it might be working. I, I, I the Claritin is uh, a little more subtle, but I think the um I think the I think this might be helping, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I'm how glad. can you tell? Um well, you know, I don't want to get into too much of the gritty detail, but I, I think I am doing better, you know. I, I think I, you know, the thing is, I told you this before, like, I, I don't know sometimes where I feel like I'm, I can't tell if I'm getting a cold or just have really bad allergies where like, if you get bad allergies, it really feels like a cold. And uh, you know what? This is not interesting. We, we should talk about your customer. I want to talk about the three month booking guy. Uh, let's see. Check allergy medicine. Do you want to tell me your customer service story? Yeah, it's not a long story, but, uh, so I had taken, uh, Okay. A couple developments with my kid. Um, he, you know, he's he's getting more and more every day more into into uh, what we call here in the states Legos. And I know that's right. wrong, but that's what I'm calling it. I am, I have such it feels wrong every time I say it right. Yeah, I know, I know, because I know John Syracuse doesn't follow what I do anymore. But I still, I I I feel his disapproval when I say Legos. Yeah, he. It's supposed when you say that when when, when you say Lego. You sound like you're not, not not super smart. You're supposed to say Lego toys it's and blocks. Lego, oh, but I say Legos. Fine. So, anyway, he's getting more into Lego. Getting more into Lego toy toys and blocks, and uh, he. Uh, so w- we went and I said, okay, le- the minifigs especially is what he's really liking, and the Lego store here in uh, in Austin, you can go and they have like a, a minifig center pavilion. And you can basically, you pick, you know, the head that you want, the, the body that you want, the legs that you want, the <sighs> accessories, and you can build them. And then it's, it's expensive, but it's like, um, I think it's like 
probably nine bucks for three, which isn't that crazy, but it seems like I've a seen, lot. I've seen them. I've seen fifteen dollars per on Amazon for minifigs. Really? Yeah, they're pretty costly. Even if you buy the little mystery meat Lego movie ones, they're like three bucks. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's what you, you. I don't think you got gouged. No. So you get to s- more or less customize them. They don't have like you're not going to find like the Star Wars ones in there, but they're they're more or less all the generic kind of ones. So that's fun. So you build a few of those, and I said, all right, we can get you know I'll get you a couple of new smaller sets and he went right to the star Wars section, which is interesting because I've tried so hard to get him into interested in and to watch the star Wars movies with me. And for whatever reason, it just, he has not been interested until now because he got the tie fighter interceptor tie fighter and, uh, and the small millennium Falcon. And these are small. So that the, the pilot in, you know, in the case of Han Solo with the millennium Falcon is a third, the size, you know, he sort of sits on top of it. He kind of rides on on the top of it as opposed to the big sounds, millennium sounds pretty cool yeah it's yeah. actually really cool it's not it was straightforward he could build it built it on his own and uh and, but this is just it's really cool because now he's like is the tie fighter good or bad i'm like okay this could be the way i get him into star wars now you know and i'm like well the tie fighter is is bad this is in fact you know this is sort of the second generation of tie fighter they called these the the squints because they called the first one the eyeball and these were sort of thinner and faster and he's like interested i'm like okay so i show him uh you know some scenes of the, of the tie fighters you know fighting the x-wing fighters and the millennium falcon and and the and and the big run and he was interested in this i'm like oh okay so now i'm i mean i don't want to jinx it but what if I can get him to start watching Star Wars now? This could be a big day for me. Yeah, you you you, you got to be got to be canny about it. You don't want to push too hard. It's like you know, like anything in life, we're trying to persuade somebody to be into something that you really like, but yeah. you don't want to freak them out. Exactly, because yeah. if I'm like, oh, let's sit down and watch a movie right now, it, it could go south. <laughs> let's block out these seven hours to watch these films, right? So I just wanted to share that with you. So after we had gone to that, right across from it is is the Gap, and right now I, I'm the only jeans that that I'm I'm liking anywhere is is Gap jeans, the 1969 ones. So I'm like, okay, it's hard to find my size. So I said, okay, let me just we'll run in here really quick. It'll be fast. I'll grab a pair if they have it, and then we just check out and go. So they did have my size. I grab a pair of jeans. Go right up to the register. Now, this is a busy mall, and the Gap, this is not an incredibly busy store, but there's, you know, they get good traffic, and there's a girl running the register up there, and in in the line, there was a, an older woman, much older woman in a wheelchair, and then she had, I'm assuming it was her family, but she had two handlers with her, a man and a woman, I would say middle-aged, and there were a couple items being rung up, and... That was, that was, we were the only people in line and my kids with me and he's already bored because we're no longer in the Lego store. <laughs> and she's the, the girl up there. I don't know. This is the thing. I did a lot of retail jobs and I was always taught in the retail jobs that if somebody comes up to a register, if, if it's clear that there's like a line and you're helping people and they're moving through that, you just take the next person in, next person in, next person in like a bank teller, Right. But if there's some kind of problem with the people that are having the current transaction and you're in plain sight of the, the people who are now approaching the register, 
uh, that it's, you know, and this is a, one of those very open counters. There's not even a, much of a line. It's just you sort of walk toward the place where you check out, and then there's two or three stations up there. Uh, that if there's some kind of problem, I would think it would be like a common courtesy for the person to say, oh, we'll be right with you, or look at you, or acknowledge that you have, that you're there, and acknowledge that there's some kind of problem going on. And she, but she doesn't do any of that. She's just sort of looking around and, and looking at whatever's going on. And, and so that was okay. Not a big deal. Like I'm not going to walk out or anything, but it just, you know, you want to feel acknowledged a little bit that like, I know that there's a problem. Oh, we'll be right with you or something like that to let you know there's something going on because there was clearly something going on there. I don't know if the lady had written a, a paper check and that wasn't working or um, you know, if a manager was needed or whatever, but there was no really acknowledgement of this. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And then awaited a little while and still no acknowledgement. And then the two handlers, uh, this woman's two handlers left. And so now it's just the, the older woman in the wheelchair just sort of sitting there. And then the, the girl running the register is sort of standing around. And nothing was really happening. And I said, okay. Uh, I said, is is there another register I should go to? Because at this point, my, my kid's borderline going down on the ground onto his back. And <laughs> he's, um, in, he's uh, preparing, for, he's in pre-tantrum mode. Yes, yes, he's six. And, uh, and so I'm like, okay, you know, I got to do something. But like, I really would love to get this pair of jeans because this is not the mall we ever really go to. And... And I, I said, all right, is there another register I should go to? She said, yeah, there might, there might be one over in, uh, you know, the other, that part. And she doesn't really gesture. She just kind of nods her head toward another part of the store. So I walk over to the other part of the store, dragging my kid with me. And there, I don't see a register over there. So I go, I go back to the same one. And now at this point, uh, I'm, I'm standing there again. And another guy comes up and he goes to stand at the other cash register and i'm like oh good now they've op- they've realized that there's a problem more people are now getting in line behind me and i'm like okay good i will you know th- i will be the first person to get helped by this new fresh face that's arrived and another woman comes from a different part of the store walks right up to that register and starts checking out and doesn't go in line behind me and the other people behind me. And Oh, and she broke the social contract. She did. And and so I actually I did something that's very uncharacteristic of me. And I only did this because <laughs> it was very it was very close to now it's very close to dinner. You beat her to unconscious. No, no, no. Uh I, I very close to dinner. My kids really, you know, he's pushed past his his point of hunger. We didn't I didn't bring a snack for him. His water was in the car. You know, lots of things are adding up here. You don't have anything. You don't have anything to distract him from the fact that you know you're bored. You're a grown ass man. And you're bored, right? And frustrated. So I, mean, I always imagine, like you know, if you're a little kid, that's it's a lot worse. Yeah, it's got to be worse. It's got to be worse. So I thought, all right, I'm gonna. I, I stepped out of my normal zone and I said, in not in a yelling voice, not in a mean voice, but just a little louder than regular conversation. I said, I think there is a line, and. <laughs> She said, she turned around and looked at me and the, 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 the guy uh, behind the register was like shocked that, you know, th- there might be some semblance of order or organization that he would have to adhere to and perhaps tell the woman, yes, ma'am, there is a line. She turns around and looks at me and she says, uh, no, uh, I was being helped already. 
And I said, mm. okay. So now that that's, I just, so I just, we all continued to wait. And eventually, eventually the handlers returned and helped the older woman to the register. Apparently she was waiting to be helped to the register because she couldn't walk well. And that's what part of the holdup was, is that her, the transaction was done, but she couldn't complete the transaction because she couldn't approach the, you know, get up from the wheelchair to write her check or whatever else. What? That. Yes. Really? Yeah. Uh, but that, so Isn't that's, that an ADA thing? Don't you have? I don't know. Ways? I don't know. Are there no flat surfaces that can be handed to people? So I wanted to ask you in in this because we've talked about customer service before, and then yeah. the, then the woman who was who did check me out, the girl who was up there, she did not make eye contact with me. She didn't make any small talk. It was just hand me the thing and check it out. Here you go. Here's your receipt in the bag. Thank you very much. Which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But it was clear that she was uh, not sure how to respond. So here's my question. What what went wrong and what should I have done better? I think it's hopeless, Dan. I really do. Uh, but what did I situation. do wrong? What should I have done? Should I have laughed? Should I have just laughed? Well, Dan, I think you have to, well, I think you probably already know this, but you have to accept that sometimes nobody's right. That's just how these situations are. I mean, I have a theory about why things like that happen. Why? But as far as what you did differently, um, I mean, did, was there any common cause in your feeling that this lady had cut the line? Did, was there, were other people in line? I mean, everybody's always grumbly in a line anyway. Um, but, you know, in, in that case, were the other people behind you at the second, uh, at the, the cash register at Avenue? By that were, point, they were, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that could be handled better there, but I think you and I are still living in like a mid-1970s idea about how that kind of transaction works. So, I mean, honestly, I, 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 don't, I don't know if there's a way you could have handled it better uh, or, or, you know, cause, well, frankly, nobody cares that your kid is impatient. That's, that's your problem. Right. right? That's completely, but I, I hadn't, he wasn't, he didn't make it to the ground. Well, no, He's, he uh, held I it mean, together. Uh, okay. But like, this is so unsatisfying, but like everybody in that situation was in their own mind doing the best that they could. Like maybe that lady was kind of already being waited on by somebody. I mean, the, the obvious, well, the obvious quote unquote culprit, and I'll come back around to this in a minute. The obvious culprit in this, in some ways, um, is the manager of that store who's in a position to make people feel like they're being taken care of. Because, I mean, I, I think that, you know, Moises has a whole show now about customer service. Yeah. And uh, a friend of the show, John Roderick, was on there talking, amongst other people, uh, Lex Friedman was on a recent episode talking about dealing with airlines. And there's no situation where you feel more helpless than on an airline. We have certainly talked about this many times, where, I mean, helpless is the only word I can think of. Helpless to, like, you go into this system from the time you step into a cab till the time you hopefully step out of a cab in another city later on. You're completely at somebody else's tender mercies. And sometimes those mercies aren't so tender. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's just that in the past they're like, think about, think about going to a doctor's office and think about how even at the crummiest HMO, you don't go in there and feel like you're in a place where people are being stabbed with needles and potentially having tumors cut out of their body. There's not, it's not, it doesn't feel like medieval. There's, there's a certain setup in a medical and a doctor's office that provides a sense of order that makes you feel like everything is being taken care of by adults. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you come in and you, you sign in and they, they call your name and you go in and there's a private room where you take your clothes off. There's all kinds of stuff about that. It's an awful experience, but it's a pretty mature experience that lets everybody to some extent where possible and affordable, have some dignity and order. And, but very importantly in that case to not make you feel panicky that this place is being run by people who don't really know what they're doing. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's, you're dealing with professionals. And so anyway, again, that, that can always be better. Those situations can always be better. We all know that feeling of having been to a restaurant where you're like, wow, this is so much different than any restaurant I've ever been to. I didn't even know like how much stuff could be done for me without me realizing it. And they're not making a big deal and reminding me that they're doing it. Like, yeah. you know, the, the sense of being cared for, not, not like you're a baby, but in the sense of you're like, tell me how, tell me where to stand. Is there a goddamn line in this entire right. place? Apple store, I, tell for me, example. Tell me like what I hear you saying in some ways is tell me what to do right. Like if, if, you know, if you're me, you know what, if you guys are super busy and I need to wait here for half an hour, can you just give me a chit? And then like, I'll come back in half an hour. Like, you know what I mean? It's go back to the airport. Like what's frustrating about a delayed flight is not knowing how long that delay will be and not being sure that anyone will take care of you. And I will, um, let me remind myself to put this into show notes that this discussion on Moises's uh, customer service show, what's it called? Thank you for calling. I think, um, some of these anecdotes were, like uh, trigger warning, right? Like I, I, like I felt like I was going to go into some kind of a tizzy hearing some of these stories because it's so much what I fear. Like your flight has been delayed and then all the people who work for the airline leave the, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the area. Yeah. The, the area counter the, or whatever. Uh, the gate. Yeah. The gate, the gate. And they don't say anything. And they say, oh, sorry, we got to go do other things now. The customer service people leave the customer service desk because they have to go get people off a of flight, like crazy stuff like that. So I, I guess, first of all, I would say, I don't think you did anything wrong. If anything, I would have said to that woman, ma'am, there's a line here. Or as I say in my vernacular, excuse me, we're all waiting in the same line. Like, I feel like that's something I can say to somebody if they obviously cut. It's kind of a dick thing to say, Mm -hmm. but like, my God, people, we really, we are all in this alone together. Like, let's just be decent about it. I'm not saying this because I like I hate you and your coupons, although I do. But like, why, why did you do that? Why did you just cut in front? We're we're all in a hurry here, and nobody there's nobody here who thinks that their time is worthless, and and nobody thinks just because you jump up there by fiat that you must be more important. Like you are actually a dick for jumping in front of all those people. Yeah. But let's get back to the bigger problem. Can I? Should, do you want to do a sponsor or should I continue? No, let's do a sponsor. It's Legal Zoom. You you've heard of these guys. This is <laughs> I love these guys, and I've used them before for uh I'm trying to think whether it was an LLC. There's so much stuff where you're like on the bubble, not knowing like like if you're gonna like get sued by a comics company, you <laughs> probably should get a lawyer. But if you're thinking like there's just this little thing I need, when I used to do freelance stuff, I would struggle so hard to try and find a contract that didn't look like something from Boeing. Or to try and find like if you're a landlord, trying to find a lease and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I, it's so it, nice to have somebody out there that can help you with that. It, well it really is. And I, I I just checked and it was a the LLC I set up with these guys. And this is the thing is like you know, when, when you're especially, and I always look at it, you're pointing out some other things that they do besides, I always looked at them as a really great place to go to start a business. And we've got a lot of people who listen to this show who are like, I want to do my own thing, or I, I want to, I want to start something. Um, these guys are such a great, great company to look at for this. And this is the thing. It's like, okay. Oh, did you know, I didn't know if you knew this. It's national start your business month. Did you know that? I haven't even sent my cards out. You haven't. It, you know, LLCs, incorporations, getting a DBA. Do you know what a DBA is? There's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't want to incorporate my business. Doing, doing, doing business as. Doing business as. Uh, this is a way for an independent person to go and have like an actual trade name so that they're not walking around saying, well, what company? You can go and, you know, get a check that's not made out to just your full name. You can, anyway. Lots of lots of little things. Why would you want to do that instead of incorporate? These people have the answers. They have helped more than a million entrepreneurs start 
their own successful businesses correctly so that they don't have to go back and do it later and pay hundreds or thousands of dollars to fix the mistakes that the, the people make. I, I've started a number of businesses. I still don't know what I'm doing correctly. I have to have somebody like these guys help me out. So this month only, because it is National Start Your Business Month, they're doing a special free three-month trial of all the, the new QuickBooks stuff, everything through this. Okay, so here, here's the deal. You go to LegalZoom.com when you're signing up, Okay, there is going to be a code. Guess what it is? It's back to work. All spelled out one word, back to work. Nice. And you're going to get this is like $119, $120 value for, for getting hooked up with their QuickBooks online. And you get all their other stuff, all their advice, everything. Now, I have a disclaimer. Did you know we have a disclaimer? It's a legal disclaimer. I am by law required to read. Okay. This is serious. Oh, oh, oh I think I know this one, but, but you should do it. They are not lawyers. Right. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but can connect They're with not a third-party attorney. You know what? I'm going to shut up and let you do the disclaimer. Right, I'm going to disclaim that I keep interrupting people during important disclaimers. <laughs> Over. <laughs> LegalZoom is not a law firm, but can connect you with a third-party attorney and provides you with self-help services. But this is the thing. You go there, and they, they basically show you and do all of the stuff that you need, like to start a business or to do your living will. Do you have kids and you don't have a living will? Like, if something terrible happens to you, you think your your spouse is just going to get that money that's in your business account? Probably not. Or if they do get it, it will be months or years before they get it unless you set up this kind of thing. What kind of will do you have? Do you know, what if something terrible happens to you and uh, you don't want to be on life support? Like all of this stuff, it's all there. Go check them out. LegalZoom.com. Back to work spelled out. Go check them out. Thanks very much to those folks for making this show with Merlin Man possible. <laughs> I believe in the Ron Swanson will. How does that I'm leaving, work? I'm leaving my kids $50 for a cab ride home and a steak dinner. <laughs> I don't know how much of a steak that would buy these days. Man, that's a good program. I forget how good Parks and Rec is. It's really awfully good. I will make a reminder here to put the 34-minute Ron Swanson supercut in, uh, into the uh, show notes. Okay. Uh Boy, this is really rehashy uh, for, for for me because I, I do think about this a lot. I get super frustrated, and and let's just let's just go to the case study of Walgreens because I think this is a the uh, the best example of what's wrong. And, and what I, I will try to to illuminate this, and you can tell me if you think this is right or wrong, or what you have to add. But mm-hmm. I think I think the the airlines are a really tremendous example of ways to get this really wrong because let's let's start at the very top of the food chain, right? If you're an airline, uh, it seems to me, as, as an observer, it's they're really, they are really kind of all about the brand. And when it's time for you to decide to book a flight somewhere, they want to be the one that you think of to book the flight with. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well, you do that through, secondarily, you do that through things like having uh, you know, specials, sales, frequent flyer miles. But for years and years and years, think about all those ads you'd see on TV all the time about, you know, fly the friendly, friendly skies. We love to fly and it shows, uh, you know, Think, you know, geez, when I was a kid, you go to Orlando, was, was, um, was the, if you had wings ride still around when you were a kid? I don't remember. In Tomorrowland. Don't... If you had wings, had wings, had wings, <laughs> you do have wings with Eastern. And, and it was great because, because it was just in the perfect Venn diagram sweet spot at Disney World where it was free. It wasn't even an A ticket. It was a free ride. Tomorrowland had a couple, three free rides. It was free, A. B, it was air conditioned. And C, you could sit down. So adults loved riding on if you had wings. And so you go in there. It was basically a long ad for, was it, I think it was Eastern. And then after Eastern went, 
boobies up. I think it was Delta maybe after that. But but think about all those ads about and think about remember the experience of flying. I know this is all old stuff, but but there was a time, time was that you really you really felt kind of taken care of. I was telling my daughter, you know, we love Fantastic Mr. Fox. And uh, when when Christopherson, there's that wonderful scene when Christopherson first shows up and he's looking down at a piece of paper and he looks up and you see he has has a tag around his neck that says unaccompanied minor (laughs) because he's arrived, you know, traveling on his own. Right. I've um, flew, this does not, it's not as grand, grand as it sounds and I'll tell you why, but I flew from Cincinnati to Tampa and back by myself when I was seven. Mm hmm. Yeah, because, I think I was about the same age too. Seven, I went from I went yeah, from yeah. South Florida to Philadelphia and back. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because in 1970, whatever that was, four, uh, and really I, I flew by myself constantly in the mid to late 70s. Because I think, I want to say for no extra charge, maybe 25 bucks or something, somebody would meet, like somebody, like a lady in a uniform yeah. would meet your child at a point at the airport and you would hand them over like a, like a prisoner in Clockwork Orange, right? right? Sign here. Take the take the prisoner. Like the, the, the and they and they would treat you so great. They would walk you onto the plane, and they would like they were practically assigned to you. Yeah, they, they would, sat like, you down. They made sure you were all right. They gave you the little wings. Gave you the wings. The they plane. show you the cockpit. They give you special all kinds of like. I mean, do you remember like little activity books? Do you want a magazine? And you know that's that's how it was. And so I was. And then you arrive. They walk you off the plane. And your grandparents pick you up. It's great. Like that, that was, so I don't mean, I'm not, I don't mean that from a sense of nostalgia, but that's, a, that was a real different world where the economy was extremely different. But think about that experience, right? For me, that's really imprinted. A morning flight where they would bring you a plate of hot scrambled eggs and sausage mm-hmm. on actual, like an actual plate with silverware that said Delta on the knife. Like, how cool was that when you're seven years old? Yes, I would love some more orange juice. Thank you very much, stewardess who looks like the lady from uh, airport. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, Jacqueline Bissett. But, uh, but anyway, that, that experience imprinted on me. And, and, and so, like, I felt extremely taken care of. And I think that's exactly what the airlines would like you to feel about them. They want to create the feeling that they are going to give you the best experience possible at a very reasonable price and obviously things like safety will take that as red. But don't you think that's what they want you to feel? But the economic realities make it impossible to do anything like that. I mean, I, I think if they were being honest, they'd be the first ones to say, just go look at stuff. Like you can look at graphs at how much the amount of legroom has changed over the years because they've really needed to get those planes full with as many people as possible, put an extra row of seats in, put one put one or maybe two extra rows of seats in, jam that stuff together, make those seats lighter. They're not nearly as comfortable as they used to be because they're like got to be lighter and lighter and lighter to use less fuel and so on and so forth. So all I'm going to say is that they're, they're, the primary disconnect, whether we're talking about United Airlines, or we're talking about the Gap, or we're talking about Walgreens. I think there is a fundamental basic disconnect that is so obvious, like so many things on here, that it must be called out. And that is this. We have an idea of what our brand is and what the customer experience that we want you to know us for is. And we say that over and over. We constantly remind you about all these things, about how this actually works. And then there's the actual experience, of being at the airline and having everyone at the gate go away and actually refuse to talk to you. There is the experience of being at the gap and having somebody who's a theoretical manager somewhere in the building who's not willing to come up and go, I'm sorry, folks, we're a little busier than we thought we'd be. Uh, There's no way this will take more than a few minutes. If you want to come back, that'd be great, but I apologize. 
or, you know, I don't not even like giving a discount, but doing something to just be kind of cool, you know, give somebody, give some kids some crayons, like the kind of stuff that people just like used to do in situations like that, but they're not, they're not even telling you where to stand. They're letting you guys go fight it out and down to the level of something like Walgreens where again, my case, somebody comes in with a coupon and now there's like 20 people just standing there while they li- literally argue with someone behind the counter who, God bless him, barely speaks English, arguing about whether this expired coupon can be used. And I, I want to intervene and say, ma'am, that is an expired coupon. It cannot be used. But, but that person, their whole Weltanschauung is all about having the argument with this other person about that. So is that what Walgreens wants me to remember? That they're the place for cheap people who argue? Yeah. No. They want me to think of it as a place that's all about your integrated, holistic healthcare. They got a CCR song that plays when you're in there, and it's really cool, and it's really great. So I'm sorry, that was super long, but, I, but in order to understand why there's that, none of that was anybody, why that was no real person's fault, it helps to understand that there is an idea that every company has about their brand, and then there's an implementation that they are able to accomplish at the ground level whether that's United or the Gap or Walgreens or whatever. And those two things are so far out of whack that it is, it is completely mind-blowing. Anybody who's ever walked into a Walgreens knows what I'm talking about, right? I, this is not something where people are going to go, really? You had to wait like, for a really long time just to like, buy, buy coffee filters? That's weird. Everybody's had that. Everybody's been into a mall and, and seen somebody like behind the counter who seems like like a like a uh, like a nineteen year old that should probably be medicated. Yeah, not understanding the basics of how to do just the simplest retail transaction. It feels to us, and we've certainly gone. Oh my god, I can't believe you guys have a plane that just ran out of gas, <laughs> and now I don't know if I can fly out tonight. Yeah, do you guys not have Excel? How, yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, it just seems mind boggling. But the people who are setting all of the certainly setting all the brand bullet points way up at the top in some building in Chicago. Those are the same, those are, that's the same kind of that, that echelon of the same folks that are, that come up with those branding guidelines and all that stuff are probably pretty good friends with the people who are deciding what the budget is for an A, B or C Walgreens mm-hmm. for this particular gap and so forth. So that, you know, when I go into Walgreens, my mind is blown in like 50 ways. I'll tell you, the, the germane way that my mind is blown is that there's usually like three to four people working there. About half of them are some kind of quote-unquote manager. And everybody is always stocking all the time at Walgreens. Stocking, stocking, stocking. Why? Ah, because everybody's, because some guy read about just-in-time delivery. It's all about just-in-time. We don't have a lot of space to store things here. So the second these things arrive, those big crates come out, and people have to go put those things on the shelves. So they can't afford to have three cash registers open, because those people need to be stocking, stocking, stocking. And then what do you hear? Do you know the code? Are you mm. a Walgreens fan? Uh, not, not as much as you, but what's the code? You mean the code that says we need someone to come up to the front to open the second register? I see three. When here I see three, that means open a new cash register. And so somebody has to run up and do that. And, but as the second that those people are taken care of, they go right back to stocking. There's mm-hmm. nobody sitting around. Every single second of those people's time is filled up. And what are they putting on the shelves? Let's, let's be clear about this. Every Walgreens has a seasonal aisle where it's usually, it's Halloween three months before it's Halloween. It's Easter three months before it's Easter and so on and so forth. Our seasonal aisle, Dan, here in the Western edge of San Francisco, if you go to our seasonal aisle in the month of June, the month of July, where it is 45 degrees most days. Yeah. Do you know what's in our seasonal aisle? Well, of course, Dan, it's summertime. So we have fans and we have beach balls and we have bubble guns <laughs> in right. our seasonal aisle. So 
right at the time of year where anybody in San Francisco would be most likely to want to buy, literally buy a heater, you can go in and buy a fan. Now, why is that? Is that because the people who work in that store are stupid? It is not. Is it because they're under-resourced? No. It's because somebody has not made that connection between the giant brand idea and the way to make money with that giant brand and the implementation policy on the ground level. So I think every instance of every anecdote we're talking about here can be written in some way, be written down to that disconnect. Having to wander around a Macy's walk from theoretical cash register to theoretical cash register trying to find somebody to buy something. Do you remember when going to Macy's? Going to Macy's used to be like going to Buckingham Palace. You'd go yeah. in there and like every station had like two people at it. Well, they can't, they can't afford that anymore. So the same thing now. You go over and there's some guy here putting suitcases on an end cap. He might be able to tell you whether Jeannie's back from her break and will be able to, to let you buy these clothes now. And then when you do check out, you go to the Safeway, they're going to want to give you all kinds of offers. They got to give you the coupons. They got to get you the code because all of those things, the budgets have gotten so tight on all of those things that every little tiny bit of revenue really matters now. And so I think that's why those things happen. The, the bottom line is if the gap added one more person to that store, it would become less profitable. And so they're just going to keep pushing those brand ideas at us, but... Oh, sorry, Dan. That was super long. No, and I, but you're you're. I'm sorry. That was the allergy medicine talking. I'm really sorry. No, it's good. And I would like to. I don't know if we should do a, a, another sponsor now, and because I have a, a whole Apple Store question for we you. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. But does does that make sense? No, I mean, it does. It does. It's, it's, Who's, who was wrong in that situation? Well, the problem is nobody was wrong. Nobody was wrong. Because like your inconvenience, like, and I'm just picking you, picking on you for no particular reason, but you're a guy who's going to come in there and buy his 1969 pants and you got a, you got a kid who's frustrated. Well, that's really annoying. That person, that, that dork, that doofus, that dingaling, that dum-dum behind the counter, like that person's there all day dealing with that. Yeah. You know, and it's probably a little bit like being a TSA person where you keep telling people, Guys, I swear to God, three ounces of liquid. But it's always a new person coming in there. They have to keep repeating themselves. And they probably they might have tried for half a day one day to tell people where to stand in line. And then people got mad because a 19-year-old kid was telling them where to stand in line, and they gave up. And the manager has to go out and put 69 pants on the shelves. They don't have time to go there and just deal. And I think that puts all of that pressure right on the people who are making 8 to $16 an hour to work in that store. And now they're the ones who look like the dinglings because that's not what you're saying. Got, but, but there's a huge disconnect. But the problem in in this one, you know how that girl could have fixed everything. You know she could have fixed everything. She could have glanced up and said, "Be right with you," and that would have changed the entire thing. It would have acknowledged that there was a new human being there. It would have acknowledged not that there's a problem, but that she was aware that there was a human being there and that this was taking a moment of time and that, you know what? I, I care that you're not being served immediately. Now I wasn't, again, I, I wasn't frustrated or irritated or anything when I got there. I would be, I would be totally irritated. Well, I wasn't. And, uh, but if she had done that, that simple acknowledgement, I'll be right with you. Or this, this may be just one minute. I'll be right with you. That wouldn't have, that would have taken, instead of her just sort of standing there and kind of looking at the ceiling, looking around, that would have made, it would have completely shifted the whole right. dynamic. Because you've been acknowledged, first of all, you've been acknowledged. Right. And that's so, all I people mean, I think want is to know. And you know, I've, I've, I'm not, now there's another thing she could have done, which would have been a little disrespectful to the person in line in front of me, which is she could have given me sort of a sly little look of like, this is effed up, but. Uh, you know, 
you know, I, I totally from. hear you. You know what I'm saying? She could have done that I do. too. I do. I do. Her, her doing that does an important thing, and I don't. I, there should be a name for this, but she makes you feel less crazy because you'd be sitting there. I would be sitting there going, "Am I crazy? Am I crazy to be standing here and feeling really frustrated?" Because is there anybody else noticing that nothing is happening and nobody's saying anything? What is wrong here? And it would really mean a lot for somebody to say to just perk up and say, "I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I just want to help this lady, and it'll be a few minutes. It's taking longer than we expected. I'm very sorry." Without being disrespectful to that person, yeah. but but I wonder if she's trained to do that kind of thing. And I wonder if she should be trained to do that kind of thing. Probably. But you know what really would have been nice is if, if whoever was functioning as a manager would parachute in and, and go to the lady with the wheelchair <laughs> right. and help her out in like three minutes. How conceivably hard could it be to write a check? Can't Oh my God, really? It's really, this takes this long? You would pull that person aside, help them out, and keep the line moving. I used to just bar... Um, I mean, I've, I've had this experience in every bar, but it always drives me crazy to, to go to a bar and you're going to see a band and you want to have a drink and you want to have another drink and then the band's going to play and everybody is jammed into a bar with one or two bartenders. And I know bartenders out there, I know that there are reasons why you don't have 50 bartenders. I understand there's physical and financial reasons why you don't do that. But if I owned a bar, I would have something on a plaque over my desk, and that would be this. No one can buy their fourth drink until they've bought their first drink. Nice. So, so the thing is, you're going to make money from, from idiots like me who want to grab four beers and go up to the front row for God about voices, right? I want to be up there, and I want to stack, right? I want to have those with me. I don't have to go back out. You can pee in the bottle when you're done, like a gentleman. <laughs> anyway, I did that, that, that's the thing here, is like this whole place exists to sell people 1969 pants and get them out and make them feel great and they fold it for you and all that kind of stuff. It's going to make you feel good if you feel like nobody has treated you like a person while you're waiting there. Whoever that person is up in the top of that very tall building in Chicago could be gathering all kinds of intelligence about what people want from brands and the results of focus groups and all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't really amount to anything on a personal level. We're not going to establish a relationship with a company if we go into a place and really feel like less than a number. And so, but you know, and, and so I think it's a little, I personally, I think it's a little frustrating that we're, that we're supposed to feel like we're being karma sucks for calling them out on all this brand BS. Oh, engage with the brand. Oh, follow us so we can DM you about your problem. No, burn in a fire forever. That's what I want you to do. I want you to die in a fire. That's what, do I need to follow you for that? There's no way to fix this. I gave you hours to fix this and you didn't fix this. And now you want to do some kind of public defense thing that's going to make you look better. But like you ruined, you ruined this whole day for me. I trusted you. I trusted you with my life on an airline. (laughs) I trusted you with my prescription. I trusted you with my ass in these 1969 pants. And now I feel really miffed. And, and as John said, and as everybody else on Moisés's recent episode said, you know, the trouble is you can't just say like, oh my God, Comcast, forget it. I'm never using Comcast again. AT&T, never using AT&T again. Oh, United, I'm never flying United again. Let me just tell you, my friend, if I never flew United again, I would have about half as many places I could fly to. Yeah, really. Uh, if I stopped using Comcast, I wouldn't have the internet anymore. I'd have to go get that TJ Luoma satellite set up for $700 a month. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the problem. You're, there's no real way to, to vote with your feet in the way that you used to I, with these kinds of things. I don't think. Um, and, you know, and the din of the noise on social media, I don't think it's making a huge difference. I really don't. Go and go, go. And when you want to have a little fun, go search for Comcast on Twitter and see what you see. Yeah. I mean, Twitter, I Twitter that's my, that is who I can get the internet from, period. I think Twitter is different because it makes people feel like, the brand is communicating with them and, and, and doing that thing that I wish that girl had done for me, which is sort of acknowledging that they're having a problem. Even if there's no solution, sometimes just the acknowledgement that 
this is wrong and I know that it's wrong and I feel bad that you are having to go through this. Another human being representing that brand, acknowledging that, that actually does something. And I don't want people to discount that. I'm not saying that it's going to make you feel all better, but at least getting your problem acknowledged, like we talked about back in the old days when I used to do the IT support, like when I, uh, when Arthur, the Spark station one plus that ran the whole network there was something called a beam demon which provided the nfs mount for the networked drive for all of the windows 3.11 machines when that thing would go down and people would be working on their documents and their documents wouldn't be savable or retrievable or whatever i mean i it took time to reboot the thing and run fsck and everything else and you know, there was very rarely any kind of data loss or anything like that, but there would be, you know, there would be this time, five, 10, 15 minutes where things would go down and this would upset people. There was nothing, like in, like in, but like in order to fix the problem, it had to go down. It wasn't, you yeah. had to kind of create a mini problem in order to fix the maxi problem. Correct. And I would have to go to people. And, and at first, you know, when I started doing this, I, I would be like, well, what am I supposed to say? Like, there's a problem and it's working, but what can I tell them? All they wanted, all the, the thing that made it all better 100% of the time was, I'm sorry, we're having this problem. I know you've got to wait for it. I, I'm really sorry. It'll be back up and I, I'll go check on it and, you know, and see what's going on. Like, it got to the point where I now knew that when this would go down, I, there was like a little intercom system where I could talk and it would come out of all the phones. And I would say, you know, uh, we had an unexpected problem. The server's rebooting. It would be back up momentarily. And I would hang up the phone and I would immediately walk to, there were three or four people who were the ones that always got the most upset about it. I would just immediately walk to their office and I'd say, Craig, I'm really sorry. Uh, we, we've got this little bit of downtime. Kathy, you know, we've got this little bit of downtime and it will be right back. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. I know you can't do anything until it's back. And then when it came back, I'd make an announcement and say, okay, guys, everything's back. And then I would hang up the phone. I would go right back to Kathy's office and right back to Craig's office and tell them everything's back. Is, is it working for you? Can you try it now? And I'd stand there and wait while they did it. I did not need to do that. And doing that. It's so smart though. It's so smart and so nice. So much frustration and hassle not for them but for me because they would be very upset and irate if i didn't do that and it wasn't special treatment because i would have done that for anybody that that had that but you know for some people the intercom announcement oh we get a problem and oh now it's back that was enough they just wanted to okay now i can go back but these people got upset about it and i knew that they got upset about it so i would just circumvent the call that would inevitably come or this visit to my office or my boss's office and just by going out there, it made all the diff- that acknowledgement right. that you're having a problem and I'm trying to fix it. Even though the answer was sometimes it's going to take 10 minutes. That was okay as long as I said, I know about it. I'm sorry. I know you're well, experiencing yeah, and like difficulty. 80 or 80 or 90% of the net value of what you did was the amazing you know sneaker net of walking, <laughs> walking up and actually acknowledging it in person to people who you knew would were likely to, you know, get most frustrated with it. But, you know, I have to also say, I don't know if those are the actual words you used over the intercom, but the words that you used, um, I like so much better than the words people normally use. Like, what, what did you say? You said there, uh, we, we've, we had a, we, we had some problems. Yeah, the, uh, the server has a problem and I had to reboot it and it will be back up momentarily. We are currently experiencing issues what does that mean? You are currently experiencing issues. I don't think that's even a sentence. 
Why don't you just say the internet broke? <laughs> There's no way it'll be fixed right. in less than 10 minutes, and it's super unlikely it'll take more than 30 minutes. Um, we'll have another announcement when it's up. We're really sorry. This yeah. sucks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I know it's just so funny how like that, that, that kind of, it's almost like, uh, was it, um, was it Reagan or Nixon? Who was it who said, uh, mistakes were made? Oh yeah. <laughs> very, very. Made. Not super helpful. Dan, Dan, would you, we still got a lot to talk about. Oh, listen, in after dark, I can't do this on the regular show, but after dark, I've got to tell you about a, a wailing holy mother of customer service experience. Oh, I, I like left. to hear that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it in back to work prime, but well, if we have time afterward, I'll tell you about it. Speaking of customer service, some of the folks that do the best customer service in the hosting business are, are my friends over at hostgator.com. Now, what are they? They're a web hosting provider. Sure. You want to start a website. You want to uh, get your, uh, your rails application deployed. You write in the PHPs, you write in the Python, this is a great place to go. If you just want to store your files, you want to store your media. You know why they're awesome? You can totally take advantage of these guys because they give you not only 99.9% .9 uptime, but they don't clock your bandwidth. They give you unlimited disk space. And if you are you know, a fan of WordPress, if you're a fan of these different services that are out there, they've got one-click installs for all of them. They've got regular shared hosting, which uh, we all know from the old days. Of course, they got the modern stuff. They got VPSs, virtual private service. They got, you want to go uh, full Marco, you get your own dedicated server. They'll rack up for you. They're uh, an Austin and uh, Houston-based company. They're really, really wonderful folks. And they really, really, really know their support. They really know how to get this stuff up and running no matter what it is that you're doing. 24-7 support. And, uh, and, and they're so dedicated to support that a lot of the time we'll say, hey, have you guys got any new promotion? They'll say, we got something coming up. We had to push it back. I'll say, what? Well, we're training our new support team for it. Like they take this absolutely, they, you know, you, they want to be able to help you straight away and they want to make sure that everybody that you come in contact with is the kind of old school you know, airplane, air travel style. Like they're going to give you that plate with the knife and the fork and the eggs. You know what I'm saying? That's what they do. Mm -hmm. And they really, really, really care. And their services are rock solid. We use them for our, a bunch of our hosting stuff as well. And, uh, and I've been so happy with them uh, for, for, for a while now. They're really, really great. And uh, here's the deal. They do a whole lot more than just hosting. They've got SSL certificates, they even do dom domain name registrations. They do it all. And you're going to get 30% off everything that you do. 30% if you use the code back to work, spelled out back to work at hostgator.com. So please go visit these guys, see all the different things that they have to offer. And, uh, and by doing it, you'll be supporting this show. You'll be supporting the uh, American Austin based economy, which is important. So hostgator.com code is back to work 30% off. Thanks very much to hostgator for supporting Merlin man. Mm. Oh, and Merlin man and Merlin man. I'm sorry, Dan. It's the Apple Sometimes Store thing. The Apple Store thing is confusing to me. There are a lot, a lot of employees in the Apple Store. A lot of them wearing the blue shirts. But what I found is they always send you to somebody else. Like when you walk in the store, there's two or three people sort of greeting you. 
And they're like, hi, how, you know, how can we help you today? I'm it like, seems like a game. It seems like they have to pass you to somebody. Like it's a hot potato thing. Right. It's like, oh, it's I, weird. I'm here for this. Oh, you're going to want to go see Jason. Jason's the one in the red beanie in the back corner of the store. And they sort of point down. And then you see a guy who's sort of surrounded by four or five other people kind of Hello. In, a little, in a little circle. And you go over to him and you're like, hi, I'm here for this. Oh, you're going to want to walk to the back of the store by the Genius Bar and have a seat in front of the Genius Bar. But not at the genius bar at the table in front of the genius bar and sam will bring will, will come and see you I'm like okay so you go over there and you sit down and now you're just at a at a at a stool at a table not at the genius bar but in the table in front of the genius bar waiting for sam who's sam i don't know so you wait for a while and sam comes out and then sam helps you so you get helped but it's just it's it seems weird there was a point i had a genius uh bar appointment where which is for those who haven't done this you can make an appointment on your computer on your phone and then when you get to the apple store if you're if you have the apple store app on your iphone you can or you can use their computers to check in but you or you can use a human being to check in uh but if you have the uh the app apple app on your iphone when you go to the store it knows that you're in the apple store and it allows you to check in for your genius appointment so i did that and then it said essentially go to the genius bar and tom will approach you so i went to the i was about five minutes early and uh and i went to the genius bar area and i checked in and i stood there and i looked around for tom and it was about quarter after and uh tom had never come so I went to the Genius Bar and I said, uh, I'm supposed to see Tom for an appointment that I checked in for early and Tom has never come here. And they said, okay, well, we'll find him. So they went and they found Tom and Tom came back and, and he said, oh, we, we were looking for you. We figured you were a no-show. And I said, well, the app told me to go to the back of the store and wait for you. He said, oh yeah, but people don't ever do that. Uh, so we were waiting for you in the front of the store. <laughs> hmm. And I said, well, the app, the app told me to go to the back of the store. And he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, people just never follow the instructions they don't read. And, and, and then, so we always wait for them at the front. That's so strange. It was I, so weird. I, I don't like it when I follow the instructions and then feel chided. Cause I, I try really hard to follow the instructions. I wanted to follow the instructions. Yeah. That is weird. Yeah. yeah. Apple stores are strange. I'm frustrated that I'm never recognized at Apple stores anymore. You are not recognized anymore? No, you know, I used to be Merlin Man. It used to happen a lot. And now I, nobody ever knows who I am at an Apple store. It's very frustrating. And John Syracuse walks in there. Oh, look at this. John Syracuse Squidward's here. Oh, everybody, let's, let's put up pennants and stuff. Right. But I go in there and it's nothing. You know, I wonder go if... Go see Rudy. Go in the back. Go see Rudy. I wonder if they are recognizing you, uh, but it's just... That they are instructed to. Okay, a buddy of mine used to uh, used to uh, work as an assistant manager, which doesn't sound like a lot, but at uh, at a Hyatt Regency grand level hotel, that that implies a minimum of ten years of of service, probably working fifty to sixty hours a week. Uh, that's a big deal. That's a big job mm-hmm. there. Sure. And uh, one of the things is that that the, at least the hotel I'm talking about the uh, Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress in Orlando, which is one of the very, very, very best hotels, uh, or at least then and probably still is, that you could possibly stay at uh, anywhere, anywhere. They were absolutely like downplayed and discreet about everything because this was the hotel where uh, President Bush would stay when when he was visiting. This is the hotel where the Cure would stay and the Rolling Stones and like, you know, 
big uh, Harrison Ford, big actors, actresses, folks in in media entertainment and and very wealthy people would stay there. And they all got the same high level of service and you never um they it didn't matter who you were, they just treated you like a regular person who got great service. They wouldn't do anything. And if they walked up to somebody and were like, oh, Bruce Springsteen, I'm a huge fan. I'm just, I'm not supposed to say right. anything to you, but I just want to let you know you're my absolute favorite. You're fired. Like you're mm. fired and without mm. pay and they're, you're escorted out. Like, I don't want anybody to get fired, but no, can they would still like a, like a low key truck spank. I mean, no, come on. no, this, they, they were dead serious about oh, this. And, geez. and you were, you know, they did the same special treatment for everybody, no matter who you were. If you were a guest there, you got the same treatment, but well, some of us are very brittle, Dan. But what I'm saying is maybe the Apple store has the same kind of policy and they're like, they have a meeting and they're like, listen, Merlin does come here. When he comes here, don't <laughs> give him any special treatment. He's the same as everyone else. Don't acknowledge yep. that he's Merlin Man. Don't sort of give a little wink like I know you are. Dude. If he goes and he pees under the IMAX, right. don't say anything. That's right. We have a procedure for this. So what I'm it- saying is don't feel bad that, you know, I think people still may be confused and think you're still Merlin Man. So I don't think it's, yeah. you know. It's frustrating. Yeah. I should go. I should go on another, go back on one of those Mac podcasts. You need to get back in the, the, yeah, talking about your stuff. Get back in the game, get into the the OLED monitors and the the, the yellow submarines. I should get back into that. It's not too late. We've restarted our call so many times, Dan. I don't know how long we've been running. We've been going for a while, haven't we? It's not too long. And we didn't talk about uh, Jim Dalrymple or anything yet. Well, and I also want to circle back. Maybe you should tell us about something you like. I want to circle back to one thing from last week, the, uh, the three month booking guy. Yeah, yeah. Our our about something you like? Yeah, our last sponsor, good friends of mine, also New Relic. Uh, if you've got a web application, a mobile application, you need you absolutely need to know about New Relic. They are a developer's best friend. What what are they? They give you an easy to use analytics dashboard. It gives developers powerful code level visibility into real time performance of their applications. What does that mean? It means you're going to find bugs. You're going to see bottlenecks. You're going to fix problems fast before they even affect your user. You don't have to ship an app and then sit there and be like, "Why? Well, I, I wonder. You know, maybe if once a few hundred thousand people use it, we'll we'll look at the reviews." No. You can avoid the negative reviews. You can avoid the negative tweets. You're going to be empowered, Merlin, because you're going to know exactly what's going on with your application. They give you a lightweight agent. You unpackage it into your production-ready app. It just sits quietly and securely in the background. It gathers real-time metrics, access geographies, tells you about the devices, platforms, you name it. It tells you all of this stuff. I will not deploy an application. Every single Rails app, whether it's the 5x5 one, whether it's the the behind-the-scenes tracking stuff that we do, the portal that our advertisers use, I've got New Relic in there. And from the first second that I deploy this app, I'm getting data back out of it. And it's showing me exactly what's going on. It's even got the the built-in stuff that'll tell you if your app goes down or if you're having downtime and why. It's it's absolutely fantastic. And you're going to get a special three-day extended free pro trial. That's the thing with all of the features over at New Relic. So here's what you do. You can use our special URL, newrelic.com slash back to work. Or you can just use the code back to work spelled out. Got a little theme going. And, uh, and, and try this out. If you're building an application of any kind at all, go check these folks out. Thanks very much to newrelic.com, code back to work for supporting 5x5 and back to work. Dan Benjamin. Dal, Dal Rimple's in town. Tell me about it. Well, he's here for, uh, for South by Southwest, mainly the music festival. He doesn't care about the interactive stuff. He's here for the music. 
And that's the iTunes uh, festival that's going on now. So he's coming out for that. And we met him out. Uh, wait, wait, the, what is the iTunes festival? Is that a thing where you try to watch and it's unavailable? Yeah, no, this is the iTunes, uh, the iTunes music festival where they have this big thing where they have got all these famous uh, performers out there singing and dancing and all that stuff. So he came out for that. And uh, we met him last night on 6th Street. And he, uh, we went to, he, he, listen, this is not, this is not something people don't know. I just want to comment on it. I've never seen someone drink so fast, so fast. Hmm. He drinks Heineken constantly. Maybe he's from a big family. I don't know. Maybe like somebody else, like, like, like his big sister would try to grab the beer and he had to learn to be fast. Yeah. Like, like the way that you put down, like a, uh, you fill up a dog's bowl with food and the food's gone almost as it's hitting the bottom of the bowl. Tink, tink, tink. Yep. Yeah. But uh, it was great. We took him to a sushi, sushi restaurant and he refused to try any sushi <laughs> and uh, wouldn't even try the tamago, which is just egg. And, uh, but he ate pork bellies. <laughs> That's like sushi bacon. I know. Well, he's going to, we're going to try and get him in the studio this week. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. He's fun to hang out with. He's a, he's a garrulous, enjoyable man. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Amplified is the name of the show that he does here. If people wanted to learn about uh, your five by five network, where would they go? Uh, they go to five by five TV. Thank you. What? And they can, they can go to this show. It's uh, Back to Work, which is B is in boy, two is in the number, W is in working. Mm. And this is episode 162. 162. So much mm. for only doing three episodes and quitting. Yeah. Every, I, I, everybody thought something. You know, I think my medicine's working. Do I, don't I sound less snotty now? You Snotsy? sound, well, it's less snooty. Mm. Hmm. You know, uh, we're running pretty long. We should probably uh, we should probably cut over to the uh, to the, the after dark. All right, we can do an after dark. Do you think? Yeah, whatever. It's your show. Whatever did we help? Know. Did we help people with cost? Mm. Mm. You cut. You cut deep. <laughs> A lot of good mm. titles we can review. So uh, yeah, so we do this show live. I think it's worth mentioning this. We this do. Is, the- it, it is literally live. It is live. People can tune in at the unique time of. Uh, what is it? 12, 12 noon Eastern, 11 Central, 9 Pacific. 9 Pacific. 9 Pacific. Uh, by On going Tuesday to mornings. 5x5.tv slash live or 5x5.fm or get the free iOS app, 5x5 radio. Uh, or listen to it on your computer with the Five by Five Radio app if you're on a Mac, and you can you could join us in the chat room and you can hang out and uh, and we love that. We just love that. I do love it, and I listen to. There's some shows that I uh, I, I actually will make a point of. Uh, don't tell them I said this, but uh, like the Incomparable last night, I will go and I will I will listen to that show on the uh, iOS app. Just it's great fun. It's, it is really great fun. You can it's, lay it's in your bed, fun. lay in your bed with the phone off, so there's no light. That's right, no lights. And uh, I like to just sit there and imagine what Jason's going to have to cut out. Yeah, you know, no, you try to figure it out. He likes to have know. an organized show. Jason, Jason's like that. A lot of editing he does. I'm, I think Jason should put out the raw version of the Christmas music episode because the Christmas music episode before his edits, his, that poor man having to edit that particular episode is one of the most outrageous and hilarious things I've heard in a very long time. You got to watch that Steve Lutz, man. That guy's trouble. Yeah, I'm worried about him. All right. He's like, uh, he's the Sriracha on that show. Oh, do you want to button this up, Dan? Let's do it. Sriracha. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 